are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Bears fans, and welcome back to Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. I am Brian Perez. And we are here, finally. It is Thursday. It is the first and official day that free agents can sign with the Chicago Bears and with any team across the NFL. It's it's Christmas. It's New Year's. It's it's like a birthday. It's it's that feeling as a as a young kid where you get to unwrap that present and, and get excited about things to come and the future that lies ahead with whomever the veterans are that Ryan Pace determines are necessary ingredients to lead this team back to some winning football. And, and it starts, obviously, with Mike Lennon. We've talked about Mike Lennon at length here on this show and, and on BearsWire.com as well, which you could check out all of my Chicago Bears work, part of the USA Today Network. I serve as BearsWire.com's managing editor. Our producer, Lauren Cox, also contributes to the site. And we've been putting up quite a bit of Mike Lennon uh, content in anticipation of what is expected to be the announcement at some point today that Glennon is going to be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears in 2017. The projected contract is about $15 million a year, three years, $45 million is what some of the insiders are speculating. Whether or not he ends up getting that, we'll, we'll find out. Um, at some point today, it looks like the market around Mike Lennon dried up pretty quickly. The 49ers signed, ironically, Brian Hoyer to be their starting quarterback. The Jets withdrew from consideration pretty much early in the process during the tampering period. The Buffalo Bills have decided to retain Tyrod Taylor. So a lot of the potentially quarterback-needy teams have stepped away from Mike Lennon. And some speculation was because you know everybody knew that he was going to go with the Bears. The, I believe it was on early Tuesday, news broke that Mike Lennon preferred the Bears as his destination of choice. We all know the Bears are, are clearly hot to trot for Glennon. So it looks like a foregone conclusion at this point that at some point today, he will be a Chicago Bear. And, and what does that mean? I mean, what... If you've been listening to this show, which I hope you have, and, and you can find us on iTunes, on Audio Boom, you can subscribe, you can leave a wonderful five-star review, and and uh, let us know on Twitter, at Brian Perez NFL, B-R-Y-A-N Perez NFL. Let me know what you think of what we're doing here and, and the kind of content that you would like us to deliver moving forward. But if you've been listening up to this point, you know that I've been pretty harsh and confused, really, for lack of a better term, in terms of my approach to, to Mike Lennon and whether or not this makes sense for the Bears. And what I've tried to do, guys, is you know erase my preconceived opinion. You know, I, I don't want to view a transaction that's going to be so critically important for the at least the short-term success of the Bears and, and view it with a an expectation of failure because we're all human. If if we're viewing this transaction as one that is terrible and just the wrong move and, and there's no way Pace should be going after Mike Lennon and this guy's not capable of winning games in the NFL, there's going to be a part of you that wants to be right. But unfortunately, if you're right, that means the Bears are going to be struggling. So I want to I, I tried to reset my opinion on Mike Lennon. I said to myself, you know what? If this guy's going to be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and like all of you out there, I bleed the navy blue and orange every single Sunday. I cheer for whomever's donning that uniform and, and that iconic C on their helmet. I mean, there are guys, right? We roll into every Sunday cheering for these guys to put good winning football together on the field. And the one guy you want to cheer for every single game is the quarterback. 
we've been fortunate enough to have a guy who was worthy of that optimism with Jay Cutler over the last several years, and now he's gone. He's going to be gone, and, and Mike Lennon looks like he's going to be the one to replace him. So before you know, ruling this as a devastating decision by Ryan Pace or viewing this as a failure before the guy even steps foot on the field, I decided let me hit the reset button. Let me go back and watch some of Mike Lennon's 2013 tape, which you know, for all intents and purposes, he had a successful rookie season when you consider what expectations from a first-year passer should be. He had a nice year. He, he wasn't terrible. Uh, statistically at least, but stats sometimes don't tell the full story. You know, look at a team like Tampa Bay, for example. You know, if Mike Lennon had more talent around him his rookie year, he might have won more games, and, you know, Jameis Winston might not be with the Buccaneers right now because Tampa Bay wouldn't have ever been in the position to pick first, and Mike Lennon could be entering, you know, his his fourth, fifth year as a starter uh, in Tampa Bay and viewed as one of the better, um, you know, maybe middle to upper tier starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So he, he's been a product of not only uh, the losses that Tampa Bay's incurred in the early part of his career, but the timing, right? I mean, he happened to be a quarterback on a roster for a team that picked first when there was a blue chip quarterback available in the draft. I mean, it's some of this is obviously just timing. But with... Um, with Glennon, I said to myself, let me go back and look at some of his 2013 tape. And I looked at four games. I looked at the Philadelphia game, the Carolina game, Atlanta, and the Buffalo game. Just a wide range, just randomly picked them. I didn't look at box scores. I didn't want to see the games that he lit up a defense or games that he really struggled. I just said to myself, four games, let me see what this guy looks like. And I just used the eyeball test. I wasn't charting the game. You see some analysts out there right now on Twitter, some writers, for you know, some really good writers, some reputable guys that have been diving real deep into Glennon, and that's great. A lot of great stuff out there that I highly recommend you all take a look at and read. I just said to myself, you know, watch this from a bigger picture perspective. Does he look the part? Does the ball come out of his hand the way you would expect a starting quarterback to throw a football? Does he make plays in timely situations? How does he look when there's chaos around him in the pocket? Does he have any kind of movement skills? You know, if the offensive line, the protection breaks down. And how consistent is he with his ball placement? And I came away, guys, you know, a little optimistic. I got to say, and I, I have been maybe unfairly critical of Mike Lennon up to this point because, you know, it's a what have you done for me lately league. And when a guy hasn't really played much in the last two years, you tend to forget what that player's good moments looked like because they just haven't been recent or or relevant. I mean, they're 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 not you know game changing moments on Sundays in 2015 or 2016 or even for most of 2014. So it's impossible for anybody who absorbs as much football on a week to week basis to recall exactly what two, his 2013 performances looked like until you actually go back and look at the tape yourself. And if you have a, a subscription to the NFL. Uh, game Pass on, uh, you know, your smartphone or, or, or you know, uh, for example, Apple TV, whatever it might be that you use, they have, they have a library of all those old games. So I took a look at those four, and the first thing that came to, to that jumped off the screen to me was this guy can make every throw. He's got a big league arm. He's got the, the, a live arm. I mean, you know, you, we're not going to see much of a drop-off in terms of arm strength from Jay Cutler to Mike Lennon. Now, that might sound crazy, but it's true. You know, Mike Lennon has a live arm. If you go back and watch John Gruden's quarterback camp with Mike Lennon when Glennon was coming out, 
he praised Glennon's arm strength and said there's not many people on the planet that can make some of the throws that Glennon made during his senior year at NC State. And he's 100% right. And you could see that even in the pros. I mean, he, he really thinned the needle, threaded the needle on a lot of throws to Vincent Jackson and some of the other skill guys that were in place with Tampa Bay during his rookie season that made me feel pretty good. Made me feel pretty good about his ability to use that big body target down the field. Like I said, with Vincent Jackson, which depending on what the Bears end up doing with Alshon Jeffrey, with Kevin White developing, with uh, Cameron Meredith, he's going to have a lot of those similar big body targets on the field to utilize in much the same way as he did with Vincent Jackson. Not that these guys are on the level that Vincent Jackson was playing at in 2013, but it's the same kind of target, the same kind of of area that he has to drop the ball. And these the, the the receivers in Chicago right now have similar catch radiuses to what Vincent Jackson had. They can go up and get the ball like Vincent Jackson was able to do in his prime years. So, you know, seeing Glennon complete passes down the field, tough throws across the middle to a guy like Vincent Jackson is a comparable throw to what we're going to expect from him in the in Chicago. And he made a lot of nice plays, guys. He made a lot of nice throws. I mean, some really intrig- uh, appealing and, um, you know, intriguing throws that makes you say to yourself, you know, Ryan Pace might be onto something here. And, and it's, it's probably shocking for all of you to hear me say this. And, you know, maybe, look, like I said before, the human psyche can play tricks on you. And maybe knowing that he's going to be a Chicago Bear is is making me view him in some, what is it called, the rose-shaded glasses or whatever it's called. I, I need my producer, Lauren Cox, to come on and correct me with uh, some of these old some of these catchphrases like he did a couple of days ago with the Shakespeare reference. But maybe I'm looking at, at Glennon with a different perspective, knowing he's going to be part of our team now. And, and I want to cheer for him. I want to be on his side. I, I want this guy to thrive and succeed. But the reality is when you watch him make all the throws, I mean, you know, the deep outs, the, the, the seam passes down the middle of the field, that intermediate range, 11 to 20 yard throws, he just zips the ball into his wide receiver and, and, and they're catchable throws. You know, there, there's a lot to be excited about from that standpoint. Now, the concern, obviously, with Glennon is, I mean, why didn't Tampa Bay feel at the time when he was, you know, a developing young quarterback, that they already had the answer at the position. You know, it, if Glennon was flashing this starter's upside in practice or did enough on game day for the coaching staff and front office to feel comfortable with him as a player you can build a franchise around, you know, what what was going on there? You know, why does Ryan Pace think that Glennon now at 27 years old is worthy of starter's money? is worthy of potentially passing up a rookie in the first round and hitching your wagon to a guy who hasn't played in in the better part of basically two and a half years. That's a question that we're going to answer. We're going to have answered really quick in the 2017 season. You know, the one thing with Mike Lennon, assuming he becomes a Chicago Bear, is he needs to get off to a hot start. He's not going to be afforded a lot of time by the fan base to go through some growing pains as basically a new starting quarterback in the league. You know, he's going to go through bumps and, 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 and some hurdles, much like a rookie would, because he hasn't had live reps over the last two years, 11 passes total since 2015. He's going to have a learning curve, but the Bears fans are not going to tolerate that, knowing that his presence and his arrival is basically what jettisoned Jay Cutler out of town. So the, the one thing that Glennon's going to have 
uh, going against him is the the timeline. The Bears are not going to be able to be patient with this guy like they would be able to do with, let's say, for example, a Deshaun Watson if they picked him in the first round. Bears fans would probably say, hey, if Deshaun Watson's the guy, we really don't care about 2017. Show us enough to be comfortable and confident in your ability as a building block, the offense's franchise piece, the guy that is going to bring a lot of wins back to Chicago as we build around you, even if it's a four or five win season, who cares? Getting that quarterback situation answered is really the biggest step toward returning to competitive playoff caliber football. For one reason or another, a rookie tends to get that slack, tends to be given that breathing room, that first year to acclimate themselves to the league. Mike Lennon's not going to be given that benefit of the doubt. Nobody in Chicago, no fan, no media uh, personality, no writer, no podcast host, me included, is going to be very patient with Mike Lennon's development. It's just not going to happen. I mean, if you look at the narrative that's formed around this whole uh, courtship of Glennon and, and the transaction itself, it's been one that has been has sparked confusion. I think that's the best word to use to apply to uh, how fans feel about Pace's decision to, to anoint Mike Lennon as basically the guy. Um, it's been somewhat confusing. So in order to resolve that confusion, we need to see results. We need to see what it is exactly that made Pace determine that Lennon was a better option than Hoyer was a better option than Cutler. And who knows what's going to happen in the NFL draft. There's some speculation that this move is not one that would prevent the Bears from drafting a quarterback in the first round. But if it does, if we come out of the draft and the first round, they take a safety, great. We'd all be happy with that. Second round, maybe they take a tight end. Third round, who knows? Maybe they go with an offensive tackle. And then a rookie quarterback isn't brought into Chicago until the fourth round. You know we're all going to say it's because Mike Lennon was signed. The Bears didn't invest a higher pick in a quarterback because Mike Lennon was signed. So if Mike Lennon ends up having maybe a rough first month as a starter, which is probably to be expected, guys. I mean, what do we expect Mike Lennon to do in the first four games of 2017 when he's only thrown 11 passes in the last two years? Let's think about something. Let's put this in perspective. Mike Lennon has only thrown 11 more passes in the last two years than every rookie entering the NFL. I mean, Deshaun Watson's thrown zero. Mitch Trubisky's thrown zero. Deshaun Kaiser's thrown zero. Mike Lennon's, Mike Lennon's thrown 11. Now, of course, you can go back to 2013 and 14, and he's got a lot of reps in those seasons. Of course, I'm not being foolish here. But the reality is, in the last two years, he's been just as active of an NFL quarterback as these rookies are going to have been. Deshaun Watson's done a heck of a lot more on, on in college at Clemson. We all know that over the last two years, which could be part of this, guys. That might be part of why we are nervous about this move or even frustrated is because of recency bias. I mean, it's the what have you done for me lately mentality. We see what Deshaun Watson has done in the last two years, albeit in college, but we've seen it every weekend on Saturdays. The, the, the highlight shows on SportsCenter, we see what, what Deshaun Watson has done. And when Mike Lennon is sitting there as a backup doing nothing, he becomes forgotten about. He's a distant memory. So when you end up saying that Mike Lennon is preferred over maybe a Deshaun Watson, when there's nothing recent to draw from with Mike Lennon, he becomes a confusing, somewhat frustrating, 
somewhat bizarre, you know, choice. Because we see Deshaun Watson every single week. He's leading Clemson to wins. What he did against Alabama. I mean, can you have any greater of a quote-unquote recent success than what Deshaun Watson did against Alabama? So that's fresh in everyone's minds. Everyone's thinking Deshaun Watson, the clutch comeback against Alabama to win the national championship. That's the most recent of all these quarterbacks that the Bears could be considering right now from the rookie class to some of the guys that were available in free agency, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, even Tony Romo, uh, Brian Hoyer, or Mike Lennon, who has made the greatest impact the most recently? It's Deshaun Watson. So sometimes that recency bias does play into an evaluation and can, in a way, erode logic. You know, Mike Lennon has an NFL arm. Mike Lennon has had success in the NFL. Mike Lennon has all the tools and traits to suggest he could be a starting quarterback. The problem is he has done nothing recently to make us feel comfortable that suddenly he's going to be able to do it for the next three, four, five, six years. The game tape, you know, the game against Carolina, the game against Atlanta, I thought Lennon did some nice things. I thought he made some nice throws. I thought he looked like he could have a long-term starting career in the NFL. The game, the game against Buffalo, he looked like a rookie. He looked like a guy that, you know, made some ill-advised throws. Ironically, Stephon Gilmore, one of the other Bears' big targets, who hopefully by the time you're all listening to this, is in Chicago and, and in our new lockdown corner. I read earlier Jason Cole from Bleacher Report, which, again, take that for what it's worth in terms of as an insider source, said that the Bears and Gilmore were kind of hitting a sticking point in negotiations and that the Bears were starting to turn their attention to to some other defensive backs. But, you know, ironically, in the game I watched, Glennon gets picked off by Stephon Gilmore because he throws a pretty much a jump ball to Vincent Jackson. It was underthrown. Didn't, uh, Jackson didn't have a chance to really make a play on it. Gilmore made a really nice interception, but it was just a bad decision by Glennon. And it's one of those throws you could tell he was getting a little too comfortable. You know, just when, when in doubt, just chuck it up to Vincent Jackson. And on that one particular play, it didn't work. I also saw, you know, Mike Glennon is going to have a problem if Bobby Massey and Charles Leno are not competent in their pass protection next year. You know, we, we all underrated Jay Cutler's ability to move around in the pocket. He didn't get nearly as much um, credit for what he did to keep plays alive. The offensive line, if we had any less of an athletic quarterback over the last six, seven years, um, other than Jay Cutler, if we had some guy who was as statuesque as basically Mike Lennon, they would have been knocked out week after week after week. I mean, Jay, Jay Cutler did a lot to cover the warts of this offensive line in recent years. And I'm concerned about that with this. If Mike Lennon uh, is in fact the Bears starting quarterback next year and the starting tackles are still Bobby Massey and Charles Leno, you know, Glennon's going to need time to, to drop, step, and fire the ball down the field. He's not going to be able to buy time with his feet. He's just not. You know, maybe he develops into that kind of Peyton Manning, Tom Brady that savvy where he can just sidestep a rush and just takes that one or two extra steps necessary to keep himself clean, to keep himself on his feet, to buy the extra tick to get the ball out of his hand. But from what I saw in 2013's tape, he doesn't have that. And when he's on the move and trying to make a play downfield, you know, you can hold your breath. It's not going to necessarily be a pretty play and, and it's going to be a dangerous high-risk throw. Um, so the, the, the failure to sign 
uh, Ricky Wagner, the failure to um, make any real push in the tampering period for some offensive linemen. I, from what I understand, the Bears were in the Wagner discussions. They were in the sweepstakes, but it just didn't work out. And I, unfortunately, he ends up in Detroit, which that's kind of like a, a you know double whammy there. But you know, Bobby Massey, what we saw from him in September, even into October, that level of play, Mike Lennon doesn't have a chance, guys. He has no chance. Zero. Like, none. Zip. Nada. No chance. If Bobby Massey plays on that level, Mike Lennon has no chance. And in that scenario, you would need a guy like Deshaun Watson. He's the only kind of quarterback that would survive behind that offensive line. Trubisky's athletic. You know, he's a guy that could move around. He's, he's, a, he's a very good athlete. He could probably do it too. Glennon? Forget about it. I, have a, I, ha, I would have as good of a chance completing a pass if Bobby Massey plays the way he's played in the beginning part of last year. If he continues to do that level, of, if he continues to perform on that level, I would have just as good of a chance to complete a throw as Mike Glennon in 2017. That's how unathletic Glennon is. But look, Peyton Manning was not an athlete. Tom Brady's not an athlete. You know, they're, they're cerebral quarterbacks who can do just enough in a chaotic situation when the offensive line breaks down to still make plays. We don't know if Glennon could do that. There's not enough tape to say he can. He doesn't have enough experience necessarily to have that natural feel on the football field to be able to do those things. It's going to be kind of learn on the job next year. And what I would hate to see for all of us is if in the early part of the year, he struggles, maybe not necessarily all because of himself, but also because the offensive line is just not good in terms of at least on the edges. If he struggles and we're watching maybe a Deshaun Watson in San Francisco, well, San Francisco takes him, then it's a moot point. But let's say Deshaun Watson goes to the Jets and we're suddenly watching Deshaun Watson make plays in his first year while Mike Lennon is getting crushed by edge rushers because he can't make things happen with his legs, you know, that that could be like a, a bottoming out moment for the Bears because one of the things I think we've always been chasing as, um, as Bears fans is that quarterback position. Jay Cutler has been the guy for the last eight years, eight seasons, um, largely because of the ineptitude that, that preceded him. So when Jay Cutler is just even slightly above average, we're all diehard Jay Cutler fans because we're used to, you know, the days of, of you know, Henry Burris and, and some of the most atrocious names to ever line up as a starting quarterback in the last two decades. So Jay Cutler was, no matter how good or bad he was, he was better than anything the Bears had ever seen. So... It would be a painful and almost impossible to recover from situation if the Bears are in position to draft that franchise quarterback and a Mike Lennon signing pushes the need for a quarterback down to maybe a second or third round range and a guy like Deshaun Watson slides past the Bears at three into the Jets at six or some other team, maybe the Browns at 12, and we see the guy, the guy that we all hoped Cutler would be the guy that maybe Ryan Pace hopes Glennon will be, that guy could have been had, and he ends up having a phenomenal career elsewhere. So my only fear, you know, when you look at Glennon from a clean slate perspective, you'll say the following. If he was in this draft, if Mike Glennon was in this draft, if he was a 23-year-old draft prospect at six foot six and a half, 
with the arm talent that he has, he'd be in the discussion for the first round. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he was in the first round discussion in 2013. He slipped to the 73rd pick in the third round. But he was in that first round discussion. He would have his arm talent might be as good or better than any of the quarterbacks in this draft. Now, we all know that having arm talent isn't necessarily the defining trait that makes a quarterback great. It's a necessary trait. It's a bare minimum trait to be a very good quarterback in the league. You need to have an arm talent, but it's you need to have that arm talent, but it's not necessarily the only thing that matters. But, you know, from that one perspective, his arm talent, he might have the best arm of all these guys that could come into Chicago right now. And, and I'm surprised I'm even saying that. You know, when I went back and watched the games that I told you guys about, you know, I said to myself, man, I, I, I just don't remember Glennon being able to make the kind of throws that he made in 2013. You know, and in a way, I feel bad about how much I dogged him in last week and early part of this week. It was really unfair. It was it was unfair because it was borderline an ignorant opinion because I didn't take the time to rewatch the tape before forming such a harsh response to the rumors. Now, after watching hit the four-game sample from 2013, am I completely sold that this is the right decision? Of course not. Part of me would still maybe prefer Jay Cutler for another year and draft that rookie instead. But... I could see why Pace is at least excited about Glennon's potential. Whether or not it ends up being the right move is going to be, you know, that story has not been written yet, guys. We don't know. It's it's something where it's I, I, I'm almost fatigued by it already. Just get the deal done and move on. Let's see what else the Bears can do outside of Mike Glennon. If he's the starting quarterback, if it all if it all lines up and that's what ends up happening, great. We just got to move on. And one of the big chips that's left to fall, something that nobody seems to be talking about in the tampering period, and, and a name that is just not coming up, which I don't understand at all, is Alshon Jeffrey. Where the heck is Alshon Jeffrey? Pierre Garçon? Kenny Stills? Kenny Britt? Deshaun Jackson? These guys are all getting rumors, deals. You know, I mean... Pierre Garçon gets $19 million in guaranteed money his first year in, in San Francisco. He's going to make $22 million over the first two years of the contract. Kenny Stills, four years, $32 million. The Titans are talking about trading a first-round pick maybe for Brandon Cooks. Kenny Britt's tweeting out that he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. Where's Alshon Jeffrey? You know, I had a hunch that he could experience a Hakeem Nix free agency period. If you guys remember several years ago, Hakeem Nix had a couple of really nice years for the Giants, was considered an injury-played guy, and he was able to test the free agent market. And I think he ended up just getting a one-year deal. It might have been back with New York. And that kind of started the slow decline and ultimately uh, ended his career. I mean, he just bounced around from place to place and never returned to those couple of years where he looked like one of the league's better young receivers. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, is he going to really experience that kind of a dry market? Do teams think that his injury history, the suspension from last year, too many red flags to invest that money in. And I projected on Bears Wire and on a podcast episode, uh, I think it was last week, that I think Alshon Jeffrey's market value is that Doug Baldwin $11.5 million a year range. He probably thought he was going to have teams lining up for him to pay him $14, $15 million. You know, if, if we end up getting him back at $11 million, that's a home run, that's a big win for Ryan Pace. 
I mean, that's, you know, we could be critical and question what he's doing with Glennon, which I don't even think that's necessarily warranted anymore after rewatching the games. Uh, we could be critical of that. We can be, um, you know, concerned with what he's maybe doing with the Jay Cutler situation. But you got to give him credit for the Alshon Jeffrey situation right now. Even if Alshon Jeffrey ends up somewhere else, the fact that during the tampering period, no teams are sniffing around him, no insiders are reporting anything about Alshon Jeffrey and, and him, you know, being getting interest from five, six, seven teams. It's crazy. Ryan Pace clearly knows the market. And he made the right call so far with Jeffrey. Maybe by the end of the day today, tomorrow, into the weekend, Alshon Jeffrey will be back in Chicago. And I, and I think it's it's a critical, especially if they are um, going to make this Mike Lennon deal a, a you know, a f- official. I think it's critical that Alshon Jeffrey now comes back because, like I said a few moments ago, Mike Lennon really did, you know, target Vincent Jackson and make the throws that a big-bodied receiver could take advantage of. And I could see the two of them, you know, Glennon to Jeffrey. I think Glennon would be able to take advantage of Jeffrey's strengths, and Jeffrey would be able to make Lennon a more productive quarterback. So it's something that I think could go hand-in-hand, and and if Ryan Pace um, continues to play his cards right, Chicago could end up with a a better-than-expected connection between the two of them. So uh, we'll have to keep a close eye on that. There's also... Um, you know, the, the cornerback situation reports today that a, the Bears are in the mix for A.J. Bouye, reports that the Bears are talking to Logan Ryan and Stephon Gilmore. You know, they got to get one of those guys. They already lost out on Tony Jefferson, the Cardinal safety, who has signed a contract with the Baltimore Ravens. He's off the board. Safety is a huge need. Maybe the Bears aren't targeting it as aggressively right now because Jamal Adams is the guy or Malik Hooker is the guy in round one. Who knows? I talked about this the other day that we're going to know more about what the Bears are going to do in the first round because uh, based on what they're targeting in free agency. If they don't go safety in free agency, I mean, you can pretty much write in pen Hooker or Jamal Adams in round one. I mean, there's, there's no way Chicago can go into next season with the safeties that they have right now. They, don't, they didn't pursue Jefferson, at least not as aggressively as it needed to be to sign him. There, there's some talk about Swearinger as a target, but we'll see. You know, is he really that much of an upgrade from what the Bears already have? I mean, he's a good player, but is that a guy that 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 would have brought as much excitement as Tony Jefferson or even Jamal Adams or Malik Hooker? I, I don't think so. Um, but if they don't if they don't address safety at all in free agency, you can pretty much guarantee safety is going to be their first round pick. I mean, they, they just can't not they can't avoid the position any longer. So we'll see what happens over the next 24 to 48 hours at that on that front as well. Secondary is going to be critical. Alshon Jeffrey is going to be critical. And obviously the issue with Mike Lennon. So guys, we're going to be um, potentially uploading other episodes as the free agency news comes through, depending on uh, Mr. Lauren Cox at Cox Sports 1, depending on his availability through the day tomorrow uh, and Friday and into the weekend, we may try to put some instant analysis podcasts up. It might be Lauren's voice. It might be my voice. We're going to see how it rolls. But uh, at the very least, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Bears to go through everything that's taking place, uh, that will have taken place today, that, that will will take place through the night, and then into Friday morning as, as the new veteran Bears start getting announced. And, and guys, let's keep our fingers crossed. You know, we, you know in, in pace we trust is a slogan and, and a, a motto that a lot of us go by because I think we all have confidence that this guy knows what he's doing. 
You know, he, he's a smart football guy. He really hasn't made any monumental blunders through the first two years on the job. And, and while some of the players he's targeting might be maybe not our first choice, you got to have that faith that he knows what he's doing. And, and he has said very clearly, he said in his um, press conference at the scouting combine that he feels very, very confident about his assessment of this free agent class. So let, let's hope he's right. And let's hope that uh, that he's going to be aggressive and that they're going to do exactly what Ted Phillips promised all of us they're going to do. And that's grab a lot of ascending young players. It starts today, tomorrow, into the weekend. Let's get it done, Bears. Bring us something, man. You know, it was three. It, it was it was a three and thirteen season. The Chicago Bears tested all of our loyalty this year. They tested all of us from the most diehard fan to the most casual fan. What they did in 2016 was a true test of our passion and our loyalty. They owe us. You owe us, Chicago Bears. You owe every single one of the people who are listening to this podcast. You owe every single one of the people who spend their days writing about the team or talking about the team. Chicago Bears owe all of us talent. They owe it to all of us to sign players who can win games for this football team. They cannot sit passively on the sideline and watch young players like a Ricky Wagner go to division rivals. We'll cut you some slack for that one. But that cannot keep happening. You cannot penny pinch and pass up a guy like Stephon Gilmore. You just cannot do it. You owe us, Chicago Bears. And I hope when I come back on the uh, uh, behind the mic on Friday morning, we'll have some exciting, fun players to talk about as being our new leaders on offense or defense. We'll talk about how the, the transactions and signings are going to shuffle and, and modify the draft outlook. There's going to be a lot of that content over on BearsWire.com. Make sure you check out the free agency page on BearsWire.com where we're going to be putting every single story, news, note, nugget, and you name it is going to be under that free agency page on BearsWire.com. So check it out. Make sure you like this show on iTunes. Follow, subscribe, do whatever you can to help spread the word. Guys, it's going to be a very exciting 48 hours. Try to stay calm. Be patient. Ryan Pace is going to get the job done, guys, all right? He's going to get the job done. So let's all stay calm, be patient, and bear down.